Hello, and welcome to Yikes. That's amazing. I'm your host, Pearl, and I tell stories that are creepy, crazy, and that keep you on the edge of your seat. And I'm your host, Nathan, and I tell stories of positivity, inspiration, and determination. We are best friends. And we're roommates, and we're here to tell you some cool stories. So, welcome back to... Episode 12. Episode 12. Um, we want to thank everybody that has rated us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. All of your ratings super help, and it's just kind and of... And they fill our hearts with joy. It does fill our hearts with joy. It's fun to see uh, people having positive reactions to something that we've had so much fun making so far over the last, what, it's been two, two months, months now? now? Yeah. Oh, oh, um, Some, yeah, almost there. exactly two months, actually. Yeah. No. Two-month anniversary. Two-month anniversary. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, we've really enjoyed doing this, and... It's kind of just been a fun part of our week in general to be able to be researching different things that are of our own personal interests. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just been overall a good experience so far. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. It's appreciated. Share this with your friends. If you think, mm, I think my friend Brandon might really like this, send it to him. But only if your friend's name is Brandon. Just kidding. No matter who your friend's name, what your friend's <laughs> name is. <laughs> no matter who you are, no matter... No matter what you're doing, where you are, who you're with, for any reason <laughs> at all, no matter what, <laughs> share this with your friends. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going to just get right into it this week. And Nathan's going first this week. I'm starting I went it first off. the past couple weeks. Not that I have any lighter of a story for you this week. It's just Nathan's turn. It's my turn. Yeah. We so we're going like to leave you off on a really sad note. Get ready. Yeah. As per <laughs> usual, looking forward to it. Um, all right. So for my story today, we're going to take it back in history a little bit. Uh, similar to last week when I was talking about Amelia Earhart. This is a figure in history that most everyone will know about, um, but you might not know the whole story of what brought them into the public eye. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about Siddhartha Gautama, better known as the Buddha. Okay, I'm into it. Yes, so um, I would like to preface this story by saying that I am not of the Buddhist faith, but I have a great respect for their practices and beliefs, and all of this research was done with an open mind and an open heart, and none of what I have to say comes from a place of judgment or ill intent. Uh, I have researched the life of the Buddha uh, to the best of my ability, and I hope I can do justice uh, for any of those listening who may be of the Buddhist faith. Um, it's something and that if we don't let us know exactly. Yeah, no, I, I would love for anybody who knows more on this subject than what I have researched that if there is any uh, fallacies that I have uh, said in my story that I would love or to anything you want to add. Yeah, any any cool like tidbits or little extra bits of information that next week um, I can talk about or just in a later episode I can bring up like oh hey we got somebody emailed in talking about the story that I did before and you can do that not just with this story any story that yeah, uh, either of us have done or have anything to correct or 
whatever, please do that because yes. we would really welcome that. And exactly. we do. Exactly. Yes, we do completely welcome it and would love it. Um, so let us begin with Buddha's, the Buddha's early life. Um, as with many figures uh, this far back in history, some of this may be more painted in legend and not complete mm-hmm. fact. Um, I've cross-referenced with a couple of sources to try to get the most accurate depiction of his life, including worldhistory.org and tricycle.org. Um, but as I just said, if there's any things I've misinterpreted or misspoken on, please send us a message. I would love that. Um, So, uh, though there are a few differences between um, the stories in my sources, most of the core story remains the same. So, it was pretty similar on both both sources that I got it from. Uh, And while researching this, I took the time to look into what the difference between B.C., A.D., B.C.E., and C.E. are. Um, I've obviously... Like, I've seen that used a lot, but my knowledge of them wasn't completely correct. Uh, It's probably common knowledge to most people, and I might just be a dummy (laughs) dum-dum. But I knew B.C. stood for before Christ, but I thought A.D. meant after death, referring to the death of Christ. Uh, But it actually means Anno Domini, which translates to in the year of our Lord, our Lord referring to Jesus Christ. Um, So I wasn't incredibly like far off on the timeline of what ad meant but just uh not a little specifically bit. like what it specifically means yeah what the actual uh, not what it specifically specifically what it means specifically, specifically meant apparently um, i've never, never been, been on live television before. before we've both been saying that a lot recently um but yeah so um I wasn't really sure what BCE and CE meant uh, or what time period exactly it stood for. Uh, Again, I might just be a dummy. I'm sure this is common knowledge to most Um, people. Can I make a guess? Yes. Wait, but I literally was talking about this this morning to you. Oh, it it was going to be a sarcastic guess. Oh. And I think you can probably figure out where I'm going with this. Is it inappropriate? Oh, yep. That's exactly what I was... Yeah. Anyway, go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly... What I meant by C was cock. Anyway, not to disrespect You got it right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I knew I was a historian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are a true historian. Uh, Anyway, on to the real meaning. So BCE stands for Before the Common or Current Era. And CE stands for common or current era, uh, which are both actually interchangeable with BC and AD. Um, BCE and CE showed up around the 1700s, but weren't popularized until uh, the 20th century. They were put into um, more popular usage because it provided more of a non-religious alternative to BC and AD. That Um, makes sense. So people could use, yeah, a more secular version. We love non-religious alternatives. (laughs) Um, So also when it comes to the timeline of it, I again feel like I was a dummy for not really realizing what that meant. Not a dummy. Not a dummy. I just didn't know. know. And now I know because I I researched it. Um, So... Anything from year one to 2022 is CE, or mm-hmm. the cur- uh, current or common era, and anything before that is BE- BCE, before the common era. Um, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I was like, 
that should have been more obvious to me, but no, no. It's oh, I don't even know. It's I'm not even going to comment. I'm not going to make myself look <laughs> it's okay. I've already made myself look <laughs> dumb enough. Um, so, with all of that said, um, let's now get into the story. Let's get into So, it. Siddhartha Gautama uh, was born somewhere between 563 to 567 BCE, before the Common Era. Uh, his father was the chief of the Shakya clan in a small kingdom in the Himalayan foothills. A prophecy was presented to Siddhartha's father 12 years before he was born that he would either be a great king with much power or he would be a wise sage with spiritual power. His father did not want him to be a spiritual leader and become an ascetic, which an ascetic is someone who practices severe self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. Um, so after his birth... Uh, his father kept him to the confines of their palace, but provided him with all of the luxuries one could possibly want. Uh, he did this to shield him from this despair and poverty that plagued the land. So, uh, so much that his father never told him about his mother that had passed away a week within his uh, a, a week after he was born. So he grew up not knowing about death, sickness, poverty, anything, and was Sheesh. just confined to the palace grounds. But That's a recipe for growth. Right? Yeah. You're definitely going to really grow. Oh, well, eventually. Able, yeah. No, eventually. And that's, that is, we'll get into that. That is sure Not what happened. Not ideal, but. Uh... Um, so once he was of age, he was married and had a son with his wife, Gopa. Um, even with all the luxuries one could possibly want, he desired a life outside of the palace. He was eventually able to make it outside into the city when he was around 29 years old. So he was kept in there for 29 Damn. years and not allowed to leave or have any knowledge of poverty, death, despair, anything like that. So essentially living the quote unquote perfect life. But yeah, you perfect. can imagine how that might get. If that was your whole entire life and you never knew anything else. Well, that and also I feel like if you don't have the... Um, Anything to compare that to that just becomes dull and mundane because if you don't know well, anything and like what is life without like challenges and uh, hardships. Exactly. Because that's what makes the good things that much better. better. Yeah. Is your lows make the highs higher. Um, so he was uh, so when he was eventually able to make it outside of the palace walls, he was appalled by the brokenness and death he saw. Um, while he wandered around the town of, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, Kap Kapila Vatsu, um, Vastu, sorry, um, he found out for the first time about the mortality of the human body. He had four experiences. Can you on imagine figuring that out at 29 years like old? Like you're almost 30 years old. Like you're, like, you're oh already shit, past I'm a quarter of die? your life. Yeah, you're like, oh. Okay. Oh, great. My father's been lying so to me and everybody in my entire life has been lying to me for 29 years. That's super cool. Family goals. Family goals. Yeah, I know. I wish I had been uh, raised that way. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so he had four experiences on his outing. The first three being seeing a sick man, seeing an old man and a corpse being carried to the burning grounds. Uh, having no previous concept for mortality, this was a huge shock to his system, as one could imagine. Yeah, oh my god, I'd be like shitting and crying and like passing <laughs> out. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, just, yeah, no, that would be the biggest shock to your system yeah. ever. I feel like especially seeing like a well, dead body. Uh, uh, I mean, 
a culture shock just leaving the palace. Yeah, a. basically leaving your house. And, and then, then you're, you're like, like, oh my God, the body. world is actually the most terrifying place you could possibly think of. Exactly. Um, so it's said that he was told by a man carrying his chariot, quote, all beings are subject to sickness, old age, and death. This was the first he had heard of this. Um, so when he was on his way back to the palace, he saw an ascetic walking with simpleness and peace. He talked to the man, asking how he was so content, even though he was just as doomed as everyone else. The man responded that, quote, he was pursuing the path of spiritual reflection and detachment, recognizing the world and its trappings as illusions, and therefore was unconcerned with the loss as he had already given everything away. So basically, I have nothing, so why would I fear for the nothingness I will become? Right. Um, so I feel like that's a really good, like I've said, like I said earlier in this, I have such a great respect for the practices of people in the Buddhist faith for kind yeah. of their detachment from worldly and personal belongings because mm -hmm. that does that makes things a lot better when you're not so constantly fearful of everything that you're going to lose in your life mm -hmm. because you are yeah. just constantly thinking okay nothing is permanent so why would I fear for the and things all that you I'm really need lose? is yourself like exactly um, so the fourth, uh, this um, this ascetic man was the fourth thing that he saw that would change the course of his life. After returning to the palace, he couldn't shake the feeling of everything he had being temporary. Knowing his father would never let him leave, if he asked, he left one night without a word to his father, wife, or child. He went to the edge of the forest, cut his hair, and donned on the robes of an ascetic. So just All right. left home, and he's starting his journey. Um, the forest was filled with men who had left Indian society to find their own freedom. The mainstream religion of the area was Hinduism. In this time, the Vedas, who were essentially Hindu priests, were appointed by the universe and could not be questioned. The Hindu texts were written in Sanskrit, which the Vedas were able to read, but the common pe people were not. The Vedas interpreted these texts, encouraging people to remain in their specific place in life, no matter how poor or desolate, while they all lived in comfort with funds from the temple. And so that's still, like, in... in India I brushed on this in yeah. our very first episode of the um, uh, caste system in India and how that's based in Hinduism and how it has been very uh, um, it just it keeps people down and keeps kind yeah, of poor people kind of in their place yeah. and like without being able to rise through the ranks makes it literally impossible for them to do so and has been very harmful to the society as a whole um, so that was the main and most popular um, religion of the entire land at the time. So that was what people were living under. Um, so that's why there were a lot of people out in the forest at this time trying to escape from that and just find their own path and become their own selves. Um, so in, in this time in the forest, uh, Siddhartha would learn from many teachers of different disciplines, including atheists, materialists, idealists, and dialecticians, which a dialectician is someone who is skilled in philosophical debate. Um, the forest was filled with thousands, all sharing their experiences and personal beliefs, free from the binding religious laws of their society. Um, after some time spent investigating different practices, different practices, Siddhartha would decide to work with two teachers, Arada Kalama and Ur Udraka Ram 
I'm so sorry for how I'm pronouncing these. I know it's not going to be completely correct. Um, Udraka Ramaputra. Um, and so from Arada, he would learn discipline of the mind and how to enter the sphere of nothingness. From Udraka, he would learn to enter the concentration of the mind, which is neither conscious nor unconscious. He realized um, he gained, he did not gain complete liberation from either and eventually ended up leaving both teachers. Um, he did learn a lot within, he was with them for a few years, each separately. He wasn't with them at the same time, but it is said that he learned a lot, especially about meditation during that time and in all of the different people he was able to have experiences with while he was out in the forest learning. Um, so after leaving his teachers, he began his own path. He had five followers for the span of six years, and they practiced diligent concentration, or meditation, essentially. Um, Siddhartha only ate a grain of rice per day and began looking very malnourished and very close to death. And so I'm not 100% sure if he did this that entire six years or if it was just closer to the end. I think it was just closer to the end because I think he would literally just die eating one grain of rice per day for six years. But he did it for a good amount of time to the point where he was very mm -hmm. close to death. Um, so he eventually made the decision to end this part of his path and resume eating normally. And because of that, his followers actually ended up leaving him. Oh, shit. Um, so he was given milk and honey by a kind woman in a nearby village named Sujata. Um, he was revived by this and went to wash himself in the Naranjana River. Um, unsure of his path at this point, he spent six days in meditation under a tree by the river. On the sixth day, he opened his eyes at sunrise and came to the realization that what he was looking for was not lost and had been there all along. He is reported to have said, quote, Wonder of wonders, this very enlightenment is the nature of all beings, and yet they are unhappy for the lack of it. It was at this moment he is said to have been awoken and became the Buddha, also known as Shakyamuni. Um, he did not speak about his liberation to anyone for seven weeks. He felt most people would not understand. Um, he first spoke of it after being requested to teach by Brahma, chief of 3,000 worlds. Um, for this, uh, from this point on, Buddha. This, uh, from this point on, the Buddha spent much time um, in meditation, but also in teaching. Um, he would tell people of the four noble truths: the truth of suffering, the truth of the cause of suffering, the truth of the end of suffering, and the truth of the path that leads to the end of suffering. Um, his teachings became very popular, spreading around India, uh, but the Buddha stayed humble, never having a place of his own to reside and always begging for meals. Um, parks and gardens were donated to the Buddha by kings and other nobles, um, and all these were used for retreats for the Buddha to um, do his teachings. Uh, most every day after his noon meal, the Buddha would teach. None of his teachings or the questions he answered were written down in his entire lifetime. Um, so I talk about it in just a sec, but yeah, f during his whole life, all of his teachings, like just nobody wrote down a thing, teachings. just all word of mouth. And so it spread around the whole land, all of his teachings of mindfulness and detachment from mm -hmm. impermanent things. Um, so the Buddha died at the age of 80. Uh, he was in the town of Kushingara and had finished a meal of... It, 
one said finished a meal of pork one said finished a meal of mushrooms um monks were gathered around and were in low spirits due to his condition in his old age he reminded them of the impermanence of everything and to take refuge in his teachings he asked for one final question and none came his final words were now then bhikshus i i address you (laughs) sorry now then, bhikshus, I address you. All compound things are subject to decay. Strive diligently. And that was the last words that the wow. Buddha spoke. And um, a council gathered after his death, including Anada, who had been uh, the Buddha's attendant. Um, together they wrote up what is now known as Tripitaka, or which is translated as three baskets, uh, which are made of the Buddha's sutras, which were his discourses, the Vinaya, the which are the 250 monastic rules, uh, which are vows taken um, and followed by monks, and the Abhidharma, um, a collection of the Buddhist psychology and metaphysics. This together made the base of what is now common day Buddhism. Wow. So okay. that is the backstory of the Buddha. Um, as with all episodes I've done, I had a great time being able to like actually know the backstory of a very big figure that I, f- I really had not heard much about before. I definitely remember learning about this um, in history, like with, because uh, I was like partially homeschooled. So I remember learning about this with like my mom and Tess and Emmett, but I don't remember like all the details of it. So that's very fun. I yeah. like the vibes. Yeah, no, I and I definitely like ones sp- more specifically like this when it has to do, because I mean, Merle and I do a lot of meditation and mindfulness practices and stuff. So like learning about different ways that are like big figures that have brought those. Into yeah, like more where this popularity. stuff came from. Yeah, exactly. Is really, really interesting to learn. And, and I feel like it's an important part of practicing any kind of that stuff is learning about where it came from. Exactly. And just learning about big figures in history is a lot of fun. I've never been like a huge history buff, but every time I do end up learning about stuff like this. You're I, not a history buff? I'm not a, I'm not buff and I, I don't know that much about history. Um, but I, I every time I've been learning about stuff like this, I I mean, I feel oh, like yeah, I, I should love be history. more of a history buff than I actually am because it's so much fun to learn about it. I think I just wasn't a great student in school. And well, and when you're forced to learn things, it's not fun. Well, when you're forced to learn things and you have undiagnosed ADHD, mm. it makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But now that I know about my ADHD and have more mindfulness practices that have helped me in my concentration, that has helped me actually be able to learn and I get to choose what things that I'm learning right. about, That's which the is really a lot fun more part. fun. And going down rabbit holes. and Exactly. Because that was yeah. one really fun thing was like when I was looking into like AD, BC, that kind of stuff is just a, a lot of my stories um, that I've done, I've had to do like little rabbit hole research things like that, that are things that I've thought about in the past, but never really bothered to like actually look up before and didn't really have a reason for knowing. This week in my research, I got down a rabbit hole because I stumbled across a video on YouTube advocating for one of the perpetrators of this crime. Oh, no. Um, And I had to oh, report that worst. and comment on it because I was pissed off. 
As you should Because be. they were saying that there was no evidence linking this person to the crime, which, keep that in mind. I was going to say, keep that in I your have a feeling mind. getting into your story that that's not going to be how it plays out. No. No. No, 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 no. Well, speaking of that, let us transfer our way on over. Frickle into my story. Uh, go off, sis. Go off. Okay. And now I get to relax and sip on my coffee that um, I made before I we started. I did want to say... Um, I made a link tree for us and I'll put that in the bio of our Instagram, I think. And I'll also put it in the show notes of this, but it's, uh, that's where you can find all of the sources that we'll be using. We're not going to go back and find all the sources that we use for our first stories because that's way too much work. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. But moving forward, um, we're gonna we will. cite all. I mean, we're we, most cite... of our sources we usually talk about while we're yeah, doing it. Yeah, I just want to have something. It would be really confusing for somebody to have to go back and uh, to try yeah. and find verbally and all I of just our sources. Feel like, so, um, yeah, we're going to cite those from now on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before I start, I want to specifically shout out a YouTube account uh, called Twisted Minds. Uh, I used one of this guy's videos um, for a lot of my research, and it had video footage from the crimes, kind of, uh, in it. So I was able from to get a lot crimes? of quotes. Yeah, you'll from understand. them being committed. Not from when it was committed, but everything leading up to and after. Oh no! Yeah. Trigger warning: This one is pretty rough. rough. Um, there's no sexual assault or anything in this one, but it Finally. is murdery. It's murder. Okay. I can handle murder more than the sexual yeah. assault. Not that I think murder's like great or anything, but like the sexual assault is definitely uh, a little harder to hear about. Still important stories, though. No, and very important stories to be shared, especially for, like, remembrance of the Awareness victims. Awareness, also, um, and getting men to realize that, that they, they have to be a part of solving this fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah, completely. All right, so today I'm telling you about the horrific murder of Cassie Jo Stoddard, a.k.a. the Scream Murder. Cassie was born on December 21st, 1989, in Pocatello, Idaho. She was described by family and friends as being smart, kind, ambitious, and artistic. <coughs> she had two siblings and was especially close with her younger brother, Andrew. They were only a grade apart at the same school, and because of this, they had many of the same interests and friends. Andrew, Andrew said that he viewed her as a role model and that they were best friends. Oh, no. Oh, ho, ho. In 2006, when this story takes place, Cassie is 16 and a junior at Pocatello High School, as is her boyfriend and both perpetrators of this crime. It's Friday, September 22nd, <coughs> Sorry. and after school ends, Cassie goes over to her Aunt Allison and Uncle Frank Contreras' house, where she will spend the weekend looking after their pets and home. This was something Cassie had done for them multiple times in the past, and she looked forward to it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I fucking loved house-sitting growing up. Oh, yeah, no, especially when you're in high school and you get to, like, pretend you to be, like, You literally get paid to not live at your parents' house. It's, yeah. There's nothing better. No, but this also makes me nervous because I used to house-sit for my aunt and uncle and pet-sit for them all the time, so I'm glad that... Uh, I'm assuming that's when something happens, and I'm glad nothing happened. 
me. Yeah. So she was a really responsible kid. And her aunt and uncle knew that she wouldn't throw a party or anything. So it just kind of was like the perfect solution for when they needed to go out of town. Because she liked doing it. Helped her earn a little bit of money. For sure. And it sounds like when she was growing up, I don't know why, but she moved between her mom and stepdad's house and her grandparents' house with her siblings quite a bit. She kind of moved back and forth, so I don't really know what was going on there, but it was kind of like a a regular thing for her to be doing this. Gotcha. Um, So, she asked them if it would be okay if she could have her boyfriend Matt Beckham over in the evening so that she would feel a little bit safer, and they agreed. Matt's mom dropped him off at the Contreras' house around 6 p.m. He had invited a couple of friends from school over, And in one source, it said that Cassie was, like, annoyed at him for inviting these people over, but it wasn't clear if it was something that they had done together. They just decided, let's just invite these people over to hang out and watch a movie, or if he had kind of done that without her permission, and she was a little bit pissed off. Yeah, because, I mean, at least what you were saying earlier, they were saying, like, she's pretty responsible. Not that that sounds like a party or anything, Yeah, and it was just a couple of friends, but still, she doesn't really seem like the kind of girl who... She just definitely seemed like she wanted to be really responsible and we will see that and how that kind of bit her in the ass um either way these two friends came over shortly after matt had arrived brian draper and tori adamchick were friends with cassie but they didn't know each other very well they were friends but it was more like acquaintance type friends you know you have a lot of those when you're in high school yeah kinda like no for sure you all hang out around each other with her boyfriend they were more yeah his friends. i think so so she took all three of them matt tori and brian uh on a tour of the house including the basement before heading to the living room to watch a movie so halfway through this movie which was kill bill volume two brian and adam said that they were going to leave and go see a movie at a local theater instead weird yeah we're just like getting up in the middle of a movie to like go see another movie yeah (laughs) they left cassie and matt by themselves part of the video footage shows them in the car at this point and either brian or tori says quote we found our victim and sad as it is as sad as it may be she's our friend but you know what we all have to make sacrifices our first victim is going to be cassie stoddart she's going to be alone in a big dark house in the middle of nowhere how perfect can you get End quote. I knew that it was going to be the friend. And then the other I guy said it that it made him horny just thinking no. about oh, it. Oh, yeah, oh. kill yourself. I'm not even going to fucking, fucking sugarcoat kill it. Me. Oh, I and then throw after up. we're a little bit later in the footage, it says, um, I think it's Brian says, quote, I'm sorry, Cassie's family, but she has to be the one. We got to stick to the plan and she's perfect. So she's going to die. The End plan. quote. <sighs> 15 minutes later, at the Contreras house, the lights go out. Cassie is scared because there's like just weird shit going on. The lights are going out and one of their dogs is like growling at the basement door. Um, And Matt is super skeeved out by the situation too. And he doesn't want to leave his scared girlfriend in the middle of nowhere with the freaking lights out. And as we know, animals have a good intuition Mm -hmm. about bad shit about to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. So he calls his mom and asks if he can stay the night because Cassie's really scared. And his mom refuses, which I think any mom of a 16-year-old boy 
would probably refuse well, that. Well, exactly. They're like, we, she did. Like, we know wink, wink, yeah, why exactly. you're trying. Like, oh, she's scared. Yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Scared not to get dicked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of, uh, okay, wait, blah, blah, blah. Um, so she did. The mom did offer for Cassie to come back and stay at their house, but she felt that it was her responsibility because she was being paid, and you know, it was her responsibility, she's responsible. to take care of the animals. I think they had like three cats and two dogs. So she was like, That's "I'm not going to leave this. It's a lot of animals. This. I'm not going to leave them." So at 10:30, when Matt's mom came to pick him up, some of the lights had come back on. Um, so it was kind of like, all right, bye. Uh, and so he left, leaving Cassie alone for the rest of the night. So if you couldn't guess, Brian and Tori had snuck back in to the basement and were in there fucking with the breaker box. While, the, while she was giving the tour, they had unlocked the basement door. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Their plan was originally to, they were trying to get Matt and Cassie to come down into the basement so they could just attack them down there. Like while like they were there initially? To check the breaker box. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, so they were planning on attacking both of them. I couldn't tell. Uh-huh. I, I couldn't tell from the video and like, obviously they weren't telling the full truth about everything after they were caught for this. Yeah, so obviously. it's hard to tell. But yeah. in the video, they just talked about killing Cassie. So I'm not sure. But that didn't work. Um, and obviously at this point, Matt is gone anyway. And so they're waiting, waiting. And then they're like, okay, she's not going to come out. Clearly she's rather, she would just rather oh, sit I would not on the fucking couch. Go down to the basement in the dark. In the I dark. would literally put myself under a blanket and stay there for the rest of the night. Like yeah. that's pretty much what she was doing. I think. So, uh, after, you know, after he leaves, they're messing with the lights again. She won't come down. So they're like, whatever. They come up the stairs or whatever it is. They come out of the basement and they're wearing dark clothes and these creepy white masks. I'll post a picture of it. Uh, Like hockey masks, kind of. Oh, good. I'm so excited. I can't Um, wait to see that. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. Uh, They slam the door to the basement to scare her and they immediately began stabbing her to death. Her body had at least 30 stab wounds, but the medical examiner said that she likely died by the 12th stab. Jeez. So overkill to the max. Just slightly, yeah. Video footage the boys took after leaving the house is chilling, and I'm going to read part of it now. Brian, I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. Tori, I'm shaking. Brian, I stabbed her in the throat, and I saw her lifeless body just disappear dude i just killed cassie that felt like it wasn't even real i mean it went by so fast tori shut the fuck up we gotta get our act straight <sighs> absolute psychopathy. no that's are you yeah. kidding me no it just like it felt like it wasn't real like no you fucking killed someone that yeah. was fucking real the next day matt meets up with tori to hang out of course, because he doesn't fucking know well, what's yeah, going on. He's not like, hmm, I think that he might have killed my girlfriend. And at Maybe. this point, he hasn't been able to get a hold of Cassie. And after what had happened the previous night, he's already worried. Pretty worrisome, yeah. 
two days pass before Cassie's body is discovered by her 13-year-old cousin when the family returns home from their weekend away. So they return home on the 24th. Her cousin discovers her body. And I read in one source that the cousin later attempted suicide as a result of seeing her cousin's body. Oh, just at 13, just walking in and seeing your cousin having been stabbed 30 times. she was laying there for two whole days. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't uh, be able I wouldn't be able to live in w- that house. I was going to say I would straight up not be able to live in that house. No. So, after starting their investigation, it quickly became clear that Brian and Tori were two of the last people to see Cassie other than Matt. When questioned, they said that they had expected a party at Cassie's, and when that didn't happen, they got bored and left to see a movie elsewhere. Interestingly, though, when they were they were questioned separately, when they were questioned, they couldn't remember the title of the movie or anything about it. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, only, what, like three days ago by this point? Or, I mean, I don't know. At it this might, point, I'm like, pretty sure it is the next day. This would be the evening after they saw it. Oh, wait. I mean, the day after. They saw it in the evening that night on the 22nd, I believe. Okay, yeah. Or they saw or it. That's what they were unquote, saying. Saw it. It. Yeah, it's like, no, uh, you, yeah, you can't also, remember what in, fucking movie you watched. In the video footage after he says, after Tori says, shut the fuck up, we, get our, we gotta get our act straight. They're like, let's buy movie tickets for our alibi. It's like, okay, you're literally taking video evidence of you guys confessing. Hey, you're taking video evidence and the... I mean, I guess I don't really know if there's like times on ticket stubs depending on where you're going, but the time would be after the murder if that was the case. And that so that wouldn't even like add up as an alibi. Yeah. And I'm like I mean, obviously they're dumbasses. Like they didn't yeah. do this in a smart so, way. Yeah, immediately sus. The police are like, okay. Um, so I watched some of Brian's interrogation. Uh, I found almost the full interrogation on YouTube and at the beginning of it he takes his wallet out of his pocket and for like it says 45 minutes I don't know if it's actually that long but he's just folding unfolding refolding the cash in his wallet over and over and over and over and over again putting it in taking it out I'm yeah, like that's are you not trying not to look weird because all. you fucking look weird dude yeah jeez Oh, yeah, I hated every second of that thing. And, like, as uh, as he... Well, first of all, after they leave, he sits there for, like, a long time. And, like, he's clearly trying to be calm. But, like, when you see the video, it's sped up. It's like a time lapse. And he's just twiddling with just his fingers. Like, picking the fucking like skin off of his fingers. And it's like, yeah. Mm. Also, throughout the whole questioning... He literally starts stuttering so hard when he's answering their questions. At first, not at all. And then once they start getting into the serious questions, he's like, and it's like, kind of giving yourself away, bud. So anyway, that's just a side note. But with his permission, they search Brian's room at home and they found an empty knife sheath. The next day he told police that they had returned to the Contreras home to scare Cassie after they left, but that Tori had started stabbing her. He then led them to the place where they had buried all of the evidence from the crimes, including the weapons, some of the clothing, clothing, the videotapes, and the masks they used, among other things. Wait, so this was on, like, 
tape tape, not like a phone recording. Tape, tape. What year was this? I, I this was forgot. 2006. Okay, okay. So yeah, this was, this was before they would have ago. just like cell yeah, phones and that could record. Some of them had cell phones, but some of them didn't. Like Brian didn't have a cell phone at this point because yeah. whatever. And but, like um, a lot of them at that time didn't even have cameras on them or anything. Yeah, or, exactly. But, so they okay, only so would. that was like an actual physical tape that so they had that they were recording themselves friend. on. And then but tells them where the evidence is, where he is on tape. And there is so much more evidence than just that on the tape, as I will get into. Oh, no. So over the course of the next three days... Oh, wait, sorry. So over the course of the three days leading up to the murder, Brian and Tori had filmed themselves making plans to kill. Openly talking about how they wanted to murder. Tori, in some of this footage, Tori is writing what he calls his death list and says to the camera, quote, for all you FBI agents watching this, uh, you weren't quick enough. And then Brian adds, quote, you weren't quick enough and you weren't smart enough, unquote. That, I... For all you FBI agents... For all you FBI agents watching this... For all you FBI agents that I led straight to the fucking evidence... Yeah, you weren't quick enough. even FBI, but... I just thought that was so funny. Like, they think they're so... audacity. ...smart... Um, they also talk about how murder should be legal. And one of them says something along the lines of like, I know it's weird, but I really just want to kill someone. And Tori in one quirky, clip huh? says like, well, hell, dude, like you strict restrict someone from something. They're just going to want to do it more. It's like, yeah, normal people don't want to murder, dude. No, you're just a psychopath. No. Yeah. Um, and it was really sad because one of the clips that I saw was like in those days leading up to the murder was them like filming Cassie at school. But it's like it's like videos you or I would have taken of our friends. So yeah, it's super not creepy. Like, like one of them asks, like, oh, have you seen Brian or something like that? I can't remember which one it was about. And she's just like, no. Are you looking for him? Like, it's just a super casual video. And you know that they're literally planning on murdering and someone. And obviously she has no idea. No. Oh, so, so yeah. Gross. On the 28th of September, 2006, both boys were arrested. Brian was still trying to convince authorities that this was all Tory, but clearly he's fucking stupid because he led them to the literal the evidence video. where he evidence. Yeah. Cause where, the, and I mean like, I'll post a link to this so you guys can watch it. They don't show anything graphic. It's just them talking about it. And it's it's very disturbing. So if that's going to freak you out, definitely don't watch it. But it's it's creepy as hell. I mean, they're 16 years old. Yeah. Actually, oh. at this point, I think Tori was 15. Anyway. um, Yeah. So that didn't work. Um, Throughout their interrogations, they just continued to blame... One each another. other but yeah. that didn't matter but it's literally on they're tape like they're just questioning them, them because they want to know if their stories are gonna match up they already know yeah they already know what happened or their motivation or anything yeah their motives that's where i'm getting next oh goody. as far as motives go we're still pretty iffy about that seems weird to say that they just killed simply because they wanted to but that's genuinely the case here after mental evaluations, both boys were found to be of sound mind when making these choices. Oh, God. So they were just straight-up psychopaths. Yeah. During his trial, Tori said that he had been inspired by the movie franchise Scream, the first of which had pre- premiered in 1996 when he would have been just six years old. 
Brian, on the other hand, aspired to be like infamous Columbine shooters Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. So I couldn't find anything to confirm this, but a couple sources said that Brian had actually been caught with some friends in middle school, literally planning a school shooting. And when they were confronted about it, they were like, it's just a joke. Yeah, funny joke, huh? I'm also like, you aspire to be the Columbine shooters? Like, how much of an actual fucking loser do you have to be? Yeah. Anyway. No, and I wonder how, uh, does it say anything about, like, their parents and their influence in their lives or if they Well, I didn't dig super far into Brian and Tori's past, um, but Tori's parents literally advocated for him so hard and they were like, this is, they were slimy little bitches. Yeah, I Um, believe it. I don't know about Brian. It seems that Brian was a little bit more, um kind of accepting of his punishment which i'll talk about a little bit more Uh tori was definitely to this day he's literally still trying to get out of prison he still is like yeah anyway so they also both liken themselves to serial killers such as ted bundy and they were kind of like ted bundy's an amateur well and it's like okay well you got caught after number one so yeah, you literally got Ted caught the the, like less than 24 hours later, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They were both tried as adults, thank God. On April 17th, 2007, Brian was convicted, and on June 8th, so was Tori. They both received life imprisonment without the possi- possibility of parole and 30 years to life for conspiracy to commit murder. They are both still alive and serving out their time in Idaho State Correctional Institution. So in 2015, or sorry, why did I say that? 2010, <laughs> each boy's attorney separately filed appeals to the Idaho, uh, the Idaho Supreme Court. Brian was hoping to have his conviction vacated or changed to allow for the possibility of parole. And while they, they actually did vacate his conspiracy to commit murder charge because of kind of a technicality, uh, his sentence for first degree murder and life without parole were upheld. Yeah, so it's like it, he's still going to be in prison for life. So, so I believe after that, he kind of was like, all right. What the hell I'm am just, I going to do? I'm going to be in yeah. prison now forever. Um, in 2015, Tori gained a hearing where he claimed that testimony from character witnesses could have changed the outcome of his trial. And he said that although there were character witnesses to call upon and his parents wanted that to happen for the trial, his attorney refused and said that that's basically going to just damage your case even further. He was like, that is going to bring further evidence against you, you absolute dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the judge denied it. Um... I love that the attorney's basically like, you're a psychopath. You're a psychopath and you're going to jail. Uh, So the judge denied and he appealed that verdict to the Idaho Supreme Court. And he literally has tried to appeal uh, to get parole for like, he's tried like nine or ten times at this point. And they just keep denying him. He's currently in the middle of an Another one? Yeah. Wow. It's like, dude, you're not getting out of prison. They've got to be like... 32 now because that was like six that was 16 years ago in 2006 so and if they were 16 at the time they'd be 32 now yeah god damn so fucked up um so yeah that is the tragic story of cassie joe stoddard rest in peace baby girl peace
And girl. I just really hope that those boys have gotten themselves into all sorts of fuckery in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you got your shit rocked. Yeah. I hope people are beating your ass left and right. I just... I don't know. The whole time I was doing this research, and I have heard this story before, but I'm just so baffled that people like this exist. Well, no, still, the after others... all the true crime I have consumed over years, I still find it so hard to believe how people could possibly think this way. No, and I'm always baffled by your stories because I don't particularly uh, listen to a lot of true crime like podcasts or stuff like that. Most of the stuff I listen to is something that you're already listening to or right. stories that we're talking about on the podcast. So all of these for me are just insane. And this, I feel like this is very similar to the one that you told a few weeks ago of the other child murderer, that like actual child the child actual, murder. like literal, yeah. 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 So there's another scream killer. Well, it's not, I don't know if they called him the scream killer, uh, but it's like a scream themed murder because it's a lot. It kind of follows the same story it might have even been what inspired well i was when you said the scream the gainesville murderer. ripper is the story that i'm talking about uh -huh. and it is insane um so i'll probably tell that eventually but there's so many stories i keep finding story after story that i want to tell and i'm like what do i do first? i mean good to have an arsenal we got content for days yeah so on that note if you guys ever have any topic you want us to talk about any serial killer creepy scary or or any positive like any cryptids or something Ooh, like that yeah i don't want to get into a little cryptid action i know um, and you gotta tell some more paranormal yeah. stories if you have any good that's paranormal what suggestions? i'm excited for not that i'm not interested in your murderous stories but i'm really excited for some paranormal yeah. stories because i you love that shit anything that's like a super haunted place please let us know you can comment on our instagram post or yeah, send us a DM message us, on there email us. our instagram is uh yikes that's amazing our email is yikes that's amazing podcast at gmail.com we've got a tiktok that's yikes that's amazing pod, pod. yeah um and then like i said i'm gonna post those links to our sources and i'm still working on the website it's pretty much almost ready to yeah go up. it's really coming along so real well so I we'll have that up soon that as well when that's ready yeah so yeah just Keep on giving us those stuff. Stive far reviews. Stive far, <laughs> please. All the stive fars. Yeah, five star reviews on uh, uh, Spotify and Apple. That would be amazing. We would love you for it. And we would, and we will. We would, and, and we, we will. And yeah, and if you write anything on our uh, Apple podcast, like with uh, like as a whole review and stuff, we'll give you a shout out. We want to hear anything that you guys have to say. Any critiques? Any positive comments? Just anything that's on your mind or maybe you just need to uh let off a little steam and just write a little story about yourself we'd love to hear it all so, right yeah. thanks for listening guys thanks for listening see, see you, you next in week episode 13 episode lucky number 13 Ooh, yeah we're gonna have to do something real spooky for 13 oh hell yeah i didn't even think about that till just now okay bye okay bye
Thank you.